Dance and the Machine for Bradley and You've Got the Love and before that for Juanita, Adam and the Ants and Goody Two Shoes sums you up nicely, doesn't it? Yes, thank you. Like that one. You don't drink, you don't smoke. No. What do you do? Those subtle innuendos. Sneaking out for a pint yesterday lunchtime as if butter wouldn't melt in your mouth. <laughs> it's very well behaved. Glad to hear it. Didn't <laughs> expect anything else. Uh, the Full English Breakfast Show, car owners in France are being advised to book their control technique vehicle checks well in advance this year to avoid a bottleneck caused by changes to the rules during lockdown. You got Have yours done this year? Or? I just I saw that this morning and thought I'd better check, probably. Mm. Uh, the local France says back in the spring of 2020, with France in lockdown and garages closed, the French government's granted an automatic extension to any control techniques that were about to expire. Uh, this led to a surge of bookings when things reopened in May, but now as those two-year certificates are set to expire, garages are warning they're likely to be extremely booked up in the spring and early summer of this year too. Uh, Sebastian Danvel is the president of Auto Security, which runs 931 control technique centres in France. He told the Parisian newspaper that a significant bottleneck was expected at the beginning of the summer. Knowing that control technique are required every two years, we expect that we will need to test 500,000 to 600,000 more cars than normal in May. Uh, like many other garage owners, he's calling on drivers to book their tests well in advance. Uh, we invite drivers not to wait until May and to book their appointments six to eight weeks in advance. From time to time, all car owners in France are required to pay for a control technique in which a certified garage checks the vehicle for technical faults. It's the equivalent of an MOT in the UK. Uh, the first control technique is required in the six months leading up to the four-year anniversary of the vehicle's first registration. If no major or critical faults are identified, the test remains valid for two years, after which you must get your car checked again. Note taken. Everything in order with yours? I think so. It's working OK now? Uh, yes. You had one or two problems with it, did you? Didn't you? A little bit, yeah. yeah. I think it's sorted now. The Press Review is brought to you by BMW Cote d'Azur. The Iron newspaper reports that Vladimir Putin could end up abandoning his plan to send troops into Kiev because of the fierce resistance his armies faced, according to Western intelligence. A convoy of tanks has been mostly stalled outside the Ukrainian capital for more than two weeks, despite expectations it would quickly advance on the city and attempt to capture it. While Russia has taken military control of a number of Ukrainian cities, including Kherson, Western governments do not believe that it's currently able to govern any of them with the previous civilian leadership largely remaining in place. The Kremlin's forces continue to attack Kiev from the air, but the chances of a ground assault have faded, an official said. There is a question as to whether Moscow now intends to try and assault Kiev or not. They added, we need to wait and see what happens with Kiev. If it's fully encircled, does Russia then try to assault it, or does it try to strangle it, or what is Russia's intention? The paper says that Mr Putin may conclude he's unable to capture Kiev without unacceptable casualties among the Russian military. An ill-judged ground assault in a city, as well prepared as Kiev, with really determined and committed defenders, would be a very costly business, and there comes a point where even Russia has to count the cost of casualties. In this morning's Figaro, Corsicans have welcomed the caution uh, statements by, uh, with caution, sorry, the statements by French Interior Minister Gérard Damien that the government is ready to consider autonomy for the island in the Mediterranean. Damien, who visited Corsica on Wednesday and Thursday after two weeks of violent protests uh, following an attack on the jailed Corsican militant Yvon Colonna, promised an institu institutional reform of Corsica would be a priority for President Emmanuel Macron in his second term, a first for a French politician. 
The Japan Times reports that the 7.4 magnitude earthquake that hit northwest western Japan late on Wednesday shook a region that's still recovering from the devastation of the Great East Japan earthquake and the ensuing tsunami and nuclear disaster. Uh, were the two quakes related, reports the uh, Times, and if not, was this uh, Tembler a foreshock that could portend to an even larger earthquake in the near future? And in this morning's Connection France, cases of flu are on the rise in all of mainland France this week, even after the epidemic was judged to have ended in certain areas. Every metropolitan French region is now in the epidemic stage of the yearly flu outbreak, and this week saw a marked increase in all indicators of flu infections. BBC World Service News live from London is coming up next. The Full English Breakfast Show in association with Air France. The Press Review, brought to you by BMW. The Feel Good Friday Pop Quiz. We're going to continue with the Anns. Anns? Anns. Uh, Marky Mark and the Wild Band Bunch. Thanks, Finney. Wasn't the Wild Bunch, the Funky Bunch. The Funky it? Bunch. Yes. Oh, well. Question number one. Tony Orlando and who? Dusk. <laughs> no. Dawn. Yes. Morning, Dawn. Someone and the E Street Band. Bruce Springsteen. Correct. And finally, someone and the P-Funk All-Stars. Oh, um, George Clinton. Very good. Well done. Yeah. OK. Yeah. You've proved your point. <laughs> you know what you're talking about. Uh, I don't know what to say now. I'm Except impressed. Another one of your favourite records. It's, it's is it all, coming up? All Sarah Request Show this morning, <laughs> is it? Uh, Mike would like. Oh, love this. Do you? Yeah, do what you want to do. And my brother gave me this album at Christmas 1977, Life on the Line. It's one of the first proper records I ever owned. Do anything you want to do. Riviera Radio. Business. Morning. Good morning. These four-day weeks are getting a bit much. I mean, hasn't Uncle Barkley had a word with you? I mean, you know, we were in sightseeing in London yesterday. It's all right for some, isn't it? If anything, it's six close to seven-day weeks these days, to be honest with you. Uh, it was nice to be back in London over the course of the past couple of days. Beautiful yesterday. The sun was shining. I was down by St Paul's and it was uh, bathed in beautiful English sunshine and springs upon us. And I thought, I love this dirty town. You know, you can have your Monaco's, you can have your south of France, but nothing beats the smell of the city. It's world-beating English sunshine, isn't it? Yeah, just doesn't show up too often, it has to be said. Yeah, did you go to the Tower of London and uh, on the London Eye and stuff? No, I didn't. You know, it wasn't really a sightseeing day. I was spending the day with clients, but uh, there were plenty of people around, seemed to be enjoying London once again. The roads were busy. Uh, the tube broke down once again. Lovely. Typical London visit. It comes as a bit of a shock after two years sort of not going into London, being at home and all the rest of it. Then you realise what the, the true reality of commuting is once again, particularly when it takes you an hour and a half to get from Canary Wharf to Waterloo, which is uh, not not a great distance by any stretch of the imagination. You're always complaining, aren't you? Always. Always unhappy with you lot. You know, you've got more than most and um, you're a little breakdown on yeah. the tube and it sets you off. You know, it ruined your day. Uh, but, you know, you mustn't let yeah. these things get to you. OK, I can always take a, a note from your from your book on, uh, <laughs> on how to navigate life. I'm, I'm happy to do that. Yeah, well, at least you didn't have to take a ferry. Uh, moving swiftly on, uh, markets, second day in a row that they've risen. And, uh, well, can they hang on to those gains, do you think? Yeah, equity markets rebounding nicely yesterday. This on hopes that we will see some progress on the peace talks, although still, of course, remains a very fluid situation. And investors took great hikes in their stride. Bloomberg data actually showed equity investors shouldn't 
be overly concerned about the start of the Fed hiking cycle. It states suggests between June 2004 and June 2016, policymakers raised uh, rates 17 times. The S&P 500 posted gains of 12% over the course of that time frame. And uh, over 2015 to 2018 tightening cycle, the S&P 500 surged 21%. In terms of uh, economic data, well, that also provided a boost to risk sentiment. Production at US factories rose in February by the most in four months. US new home construction rebounded to its strongest pace since 2006, actually, suggesting builders are successfully navigating material and labour constraints. Stock, stock 600 closed up half of 1%. Energy and construction sectors leading the way. Automakers and retailers underperforming. S&P 500 closed up 1.2%. Nasdaq was up 1.3%. Looking at a relatively flat start on the European bourses this morning. Yeah, uh, US features are down, Heng, this morning um, because uh, comments from uh, Russia yesterday said that uh, those peace talks hadn't really made any ground and uh, Vladimir Putin was, uh, was saying all sorts of unpleasant things again. Yeah, very true. It's going to be somewhat of a protracted road to uh, any peace accord, one would suggest. There is, of course, some negotiations around exactly how that could potentially play out uh, and what would be needed to establish such an agreement. Ukraine accepting perhaps a permanent state of neutrality, committing not to join NATO, agree not to host foreign military bases or weaponry. Ukraine may also have to accept Russian control of Crimea and the independence of those two separate regions. We should also remember any agreement would probably need to be accompanied by a security guarantee that's underwritten by Western governments. So a lot of moving parts required to uh, to get to that point one would suggest yeah well i mean i wonder if uh, putin is having second thoughts because i mean russia is su suffering big casualties and uh, they're not really making any progress in taking the country over uh, people are becoming aware of our home they're not being able to get hold of any money food prices are rocketing so you know he's not far off there being you know real despite the propaganda uh, there being real unrest in russia yeah, there are a couple of things, I suppose. You can point to the um, fact that the military campaign has not been as swift as anticipated. That has shown the resilience of the Ukrainian people. The West's resolve to stand with Ukraine has certainly been much stronger than was anticipated. And you see that in terms of supplying weapons, but also the degree of sanctions that have been put in place. So a number of factors, you quite rightly point to putting pressure on the uh, Russian president to, to think about his next steps. One would suggest not that I'm any type of a political or military analyst that has to be stated, but certainly from an outsider's perspective and certainly not a, a Barclays view on this, it, it appears to be the case. The one thing that you can say is it's very difficult to quantify the exact um, impact that the war in Ukraine is going to have in terms of the global economy or on Europe or in inflation or energy prices. We don't know, is it going to last a day, a week or even a year from where we are? The one thing we can say is that, as you quite rightly point out, is the huge impact that you're seeing in terms of the Russian economy, the living standard of people 
living in Russia. We expect certainly a very deep recession during the course of this year. We think the economy will contract by more than 10%. Although what is increasingly concerning is the Chinese uh, attitude to this. I mean, uh, Biden and uh, Xi Jinping are going to have a phone call today. Uh, but it does appear that uh, China is, well, in not in so many words, but backing Russia um, may well help it out financially and militarily, which I can't understand because it's not in China's commercial interest, is it? Not necessarily, but, you know, there is an argument, not one that I've made, but there is an argument if you read the analysts suggesting that they would look to try to reduce the global power that is the United States and perhaps forming a block with Russia. If you're looking at common interest, then that's perhaps an area that they could uh, potentially focus on and, and could uh, encourage them to, uh, to be more supportive than you would imagine. But in terms of exports, I mean, what they sell to Asia, including Russia, is, is just peanuts compared with the United States, the rest of North America and the European Union. Yeah, you'd imagine some type of economic pragmatism will come into play and they will remember the impact that the trade wars had under the Trump administration and uh, would look certainly to try and avoid any sanctions. OK, uh, we've spoken a little bit about US rates. I mean, it appears that markets have just about factored those in now. But so the Bank of England raising rates again yesterday and that will have a lot of people concerned, especially those with mortgages. Yeah, the Bank of England maintained its back-to-back -back hiking cycle by raising UK base rates yesterday. That was for the third consecutive month. The increase to three-quarters to one percent marks the fastest pace of tightening since 1997, driven by strong growth, tightening labour markets and, of course, rising inflation. Remember, the UK economy grew better than expected, eight-tenths to one percent in January. Unemployment fell to 3.8%. Uh, recently, vacancies rose to a record 1.3 million. The Bank of England now forecasting inflation will hit 8% in the second quarter. That's as Ofgem increases those price caps uh, for energy and the war in Ukraine exacerbates global supply disruption. However, uncertainty from the war in Ukraine, fears about, as you quite rightly point out, that rapidly rising squeeze on disposable income and forecast inflation will finally fall back. has encouraged the Bank of England to soften actually the outlook in terms of the language at least to saying future tightening might be appropriate, which is a downgrade from likely. In terms of the interest rate outlook, slightly different to how markets are pricing it, but we expect one further 25 basis point hike in May, then UK rates on hold at 1% as they assess the incoming data, Shortly, certainly the impact in terms of what it means uh, for living standards in the UK and impact on mortgage holders as well. If you look at mortgage rates, I was looking at something a five-year fix has since gone from 1.39% um, five, six weeks ago to maybe two and a quarter, close to two and a half percent. So significant impact on uh, on those that will uh, refinancing their mortgages over the course of the next few months and over the course of the next year. Foreign exchanges, please. Pound against dollar coming in at 131.5 this morning. You've got euro, dollar, 110.5. You're going to get €1.18.5 for your British pound this morning. Have a nice weekend. Talk to you on Monday. Thank you, sir. Have a good weekend. Hank Potson Barclays. For local news, brought to you by the Caisse d'Epargne Monaco Business Centre, a banking branch of the Caisse d'Epargne Côte d'Azur, assisting companies and real estate professionals at 27 Boulevard des Moulins in Monaco. Find out more at CECAS. That's C-E-C-A-Z hyphen monaco.com. On FM and DAB Plus across the Côte d'Azur, on your phone and worldwide online. This 
is Riviera Radio with the latest local news for the south of France. Sarah Leicester has the top stories across the Riviera. In his programme presented on Thursday afternoon, French president and candidate for the elections in April, Emmanuel Macron, has called for the merger of the Nice-Côte d'Azur metropolis with the department. Macron outlined a wide range of measures to adopt if he is re-elected as president. He said that he wanted to reform the Pôle emploi to become a one-stop shop for job seekers. As regards to education, he said that he would like to offer more freedom for educational establishments and more transparency for students and parents. He added that he wishes to gradually increase the retirement age to 65, which he said was a normal result of increased life expectancy. In other news this Friday morning, the former head of the municipal police in Nice has been charged for unduly receiving €230,000. Last October, Richard Gionetti uh, was at the time head of the municipal police and in charge of 450 agents. He was suspended from his functions, accused of having improperly perceived his salary as a member of the National Police, a position he had not held since 2017. In his defence, he explained that he had reported the error to the Ministry of the Interior, which had failed to act. A crisis exit protocol drafted by Corsican nationalists has been submitted to the Minister of the Interior. The official document puts in writing the commitments of the state concerning the reconciliation of two detainees, accomplices of Yvon Colonna in the assassination of the prefect. The document was given to the minister before he ended his official visit to the island on Thursday. Speaking on the war in Ukraine on Thursday, France's Foreign Minister Jean-Yves Le Drian has said that Russia is pretending to negotiate with Ukraine while pursuing the invasion of its neighbour in line with a brutal strategy it has used elsewhere. Le Drian said that European aid to Ukraine, including weapon deliveries, would not be deterred by the threats from the Russian leader, concluding that for now there is one urgent matter and that's a ceasefire. A motorcyclist has been airlifted to hospital after an accident on the road from Vance to Gatier. Uh, the driver in his 20s suffered multiple fractures and was airlifted to hospital in Nice on Thursday afternoon. The police, uh, police have opened an investigation into the cause of the crash. And finally, it's been announced that Tom Cruise will be at the Cannes Film Festival this year. His film, Maverick Top Gun, will be screened at the festival and the actor will be honoured with a career retrospective event. Uh, the festival is taking place from the 17th to the 28th of May. Traffic and Travel, brought to you by Aston Martin Cannes, your new exclusive dealer on the French Riviera. You've lost that loving feeling. Why? Tom Cruise and Top Gun. Was that the song? Maverick, yeah. Oh, I've never, I've never seen it. You've never I, seen I, Top Gun? I, yeah, but that was Take My Breath Away. No, that's the theme music. Oh. You sung You've Lost That Loving Feeling. That was, Did he? Yeah. I can't remember. Don't look at him anyway. Don't look at who? Tom Cruise. Why? What's You're he not do? allowed to. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, he might not be able to look at me. It seems to have mellowed, actually, in the last few years. He's been actually so quite nice in public. Uh, east and westbound a bit slow around the Cannes area. The Monaco Tunnel's open again at the moment. So apart from that, uh, the AA looks OK. Moyne Corniche, really busy. Bas Corniche is starting to slow down from Cap Die onwards. Voire Peter Nice, just some pockets of congestion at each end, but nothing major yet. Penetron's a bit of a slowdown there, but again, nothing major. Train's fine, everything okay at Nice Coast Airports. Traffic and travel, brought to you by Aston Martin Cannes, a Chopin Automobile Group dealership, 235 Route du Canet in Mougins. Find out more at astonmartincannes.com. Riviera Radio, sports news. 
Formula One is back with the first Grand Prix of the new season being held in Bahrain on Sunday. News from the paddock suggests that Red Bull have another strong car this season, while improvements at Ferrari and McLaren are also forecast. Mercedes could be off the pace, although the German team has a history of downplaying its chances before a new season. Max Verstappen is the world champion, but Lewis Hamilton will be out for revenge as he seeks a record-breaking eighth drivers' championship to eclipse the achievements of Michael Schumacher. First practice at 1pm this afternoon, qualifying at 4pm tomorrow, the race at 4pm on Sunday. Is Lewis going to do it this season? Well, we'll have to wait and see, won't we? Sitting on the fence at all? I am sitting on the fence. Are you? Yeah. Well... What do you think? I don't know, because it's all sort of new cars and new aerodynamics and hopefully we'll get some closer racing. I uh, really don't know. I mean, Mercedes always say they're not up to, up to scratch, don't they? And then they sort of win it, but... Uh, I don't know. I really don't know. And I really don't know. <laughs> really? What, you really don't I know? I don't know. Uh, rugby in France will be at full strength when they play England and Paris tomorrow, looking for their first Six Nations Grand Slam since 2010. France have no injury concerns, while England have made a number of changes in the backs. And Ben Youngs comes in at scrum half. Kick-off at the Stade de France at 9pm tomorrow night. That's a bit late. Is it past your bedtime? Well, no, we're just going to... Oh, it is a bit late. It is a bit late. Yeah. It could be a bit late. France always do that, don't they? Uh, so who, who's it going to be? Do you think France? France I think or England? So. I think yeah, France. I think win, France. Yeah. Also tomorrow, Wales play Italy at 3.15, blah, blah, blah. And Ireland hosts Scotland oh, at 5.45. I think Ireland will have too much for Scotland. Uh, there are three games in the Gallagher English Premier League tonight. Bristol play Bath, London Irish host Harlequins and Newcastle play Leicester in the United Rugby Championship. Bulls play Scarlets and Glasgow play Edinburgh. Football, Everton have got what could be a vital three points in their fight against relegation as they scored an injury time winner against Newcastle at Goodison Park last night. See, somebody tied themselves to the goalposts at Goodison last night. Again? Yeah. Well, after the one at the other match? Repeat performance. Yeah, oh. it's catching. It obviously is. What's it for? Well, they need an extra man on the post, didn't they? Here's more from BBC Sport. BBC Premier League update from the home of Premier League football. Hello, I'm Andy Barwell at the BBC Sports Centre. Everton have had a massive win in their battle to stay in the Premier League. They ended a run of four straight defeats and moved three points above the drop zone with a 1-0 success attempt in Newcastle United. Everton's winner coming deep into added time. The BBC's John Akers was at Goodison Park for the game. On a tense night at Goodison, Everton have nicked it. It could be a goal from Alex Iwobi that keeps them up. That's how it feels here. The fans, every one of them stayed to the end. Everton won, Newcastle nil. Newcastle the better team really on the night but Everton kept fighting. They went down to 10 men. Alan out of control, ruled Craig Forson after a VAR check with a tackle on Alan St. Maximum. Big delay at the end because of a protest. Just a really poor game with a really astonishing finish. Everton won, Newcastle nil. West Ham United are through to the last eight of the UEFA Europa League. The Ukrainian international Andrei Yarmolenko scored in the second half of extra time West Ham beating Sevilla of Spain 2-0 on the night, 2-1 on aggregate. Leicester City reached the quarterfinals of the Europa Conference League despite losing 2-1 away at the French club Rennes. Wesley Fofana scored the Leicester goal on his first appearance of the campaign after suffering a broken leg in pre-season. Leicester went through 3-2 overall. 
And the Manchester United stars Marcus Rashford and Jaden Sancho have been left out of the England squad for this month's friendlies against Switzerland and Ivory Coast. Manchester City defender Kyle Walker has also been omitted for the games at Wembley. For more football news on the BBC, go to bbc.com football. BBC Premier League update from the home of Premier League football. This is John Akers reporting from Goodison Park. I'm glad it wasn't Derek Akers because that name would send a shiver down the spine of anybody who went to Pearly Boys. Uh, John and Declan in particular. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so West Ham beat Sevilla 2-1 to go through to the quarterfinals of the Europa League last night. Rangers lost 2-1 at Red Star Belgrade, who go through 4-2 on Agret. But Monaco are out. They were held to a one-all draw at home by Sporting Braga and lose the tie 3-1 on aggregates. In the English Premier League this weekend, Sarah Lysett, Wolves play Leeds tonight. I'm going to go for a home win for Wolves. Yes, me too. Saturday, Aston Villa against Arsenal. Arsenal. Really? Yeah. Well, better for Martin, otherwise he won't be speaking to me. Got a feeling that uh, Villa might win that, actually, somehow. And on Sunday, Leicester play Brentford. Leicester. Yeah. Oh, no, Brentford. Why? Because Leicester played last night. Really? Oh, they'll be quite tired, won't they? This is quite often <laughs> happens after a European game. Uh, so, yeah, you're going for Leicester, I'll, I'll go, go for Brentford. For and Spurs against West Ham. I'll go for Spurs. Well, because West Ham played last night. Yeah. I'll go for West Ham. Oh, your theory doesn't work. Then. No. Uh, it's FA Cup quarterfinals weekend in England. Middlesbrough play Chelsea tomorrow. Chelsea. Really? Yes. Borough are doing pretty well. There won't be any Chelsea fans at uh, the Riverside. I'm going for Chelsea. Could be a banana skin. <laughs> um, you know what? I'm going to say Middlesbrough. Uh, Sunday, Crystal Palace against Everton. Everton. Palace. <laughs> Southampton against Manchester City. Man City. Moving quickly on. And Nottingham Forest against Liverpool. Ooh, danger game. Liverpool. Forest have got their tails up. Cup set, Liverpool. cup set. Liverpool all the way. Uh, oh, if you say so. And in cricket, England are in a commanding position heading into day three of the second test against West Indies in Bridgetown Barbados. On day two, England declared their first innings on 507 for nine, which included 153 from Joe Roos and a typically swashbuckling 120 from Ben Stokes at Stumps West Indies had reached 71 for one in reply. Here's the marine weather forecast for coastal areas up to 20 miles offshore the Almaracim and the VAR. The general situation is a depression, 1,008 millibars stationary over northern Algeria and an anticyclone, 1,035 millibars over northern France. Now, winds are east-northeasterly, force 5 to 7, the sea is moderate to rough, visibility is good, barometric pressure at saint jean cap ferrat 1,021 millibars, and the outlook for Saturday, partially cloudy, force 4 to 6, northeasterly winds, moderate seas and good visibility. For North Corsica, winds are northeasterly, force 5 to 7, the sea is moderate to rough, visibility is good, barometric pressure at Cap Course, 1,020 millibars, and the outlook for Saturday, partially cloudy, force 4 to 6, easterly winds, moderate seas, and good visibility. The weather forecast is brought to you by Camper and Nicholson's Yacht Management Division. Rather cloudy again today, as some bright spells this afternoon, moderate easterly winds, top temperature 17 degrees, overnight lows 10 to 13 degrees with partially cloudy skies, the weekend partially cloudy, moderate easterly winds, highs of 14 to 16 degrees. The weather forecast brought to you by Camper and Nicholson's Yacht Management Division. 
our qualified team of yacht management experts offer bespoke advice and services to owners and captains alike. Visit camperandnicholsons.com. Finally. Researchers have claimed that children who are allowed to watch lots of television and play video games really are more likely to be badly behaved. A research showed that children who reported more screen time were more likely to show internalising behaviour like anxiety or depression. Uh, they were also more likely to suffer bouts of aggression or inattention. Although only small but significant, scientists claimed the link could still have meaningful consequences, but they did not quantify the exact risks, nor did they specify how many hours of television children should be limited to. Yeah. Smartphones and social media, they're the new drug, aren't they? Certainly are. I mean, you just walk around, you see everybody, just especially young people, just engrossed in their phones, missing the world going by. You're up to date, rant over. <laughs> rant over. Did you have a pint of Guinness yesterday? No, I didn't, no. Did you not? No. I went to Trinity here in Monaco. Did you? Uh, just for one at lunchtime. Well, you very had one? Nice. Yeah, I just had the one. I was very good. I think it's the first St. Patrick's Day where I've You've only just had, had one. the one, yeah. And a fantastic place. Is it? It's really nice. Food is amazing. Great company, great staff, and so, yeah, very Was nice. Martin there? No, Martin wasn't there. Yeah. Martin's disappeared. Is he? I don't know, have you seen him? He sent me an email the other day. Oh, did he? Yeah. Okay. Martin, where are you? <laughs> <laughs>